Hey, this is Kim Davis, and welcome back to our one-on-one -on -one series. And today with me I have, um, I think for the second time in a, in a while, James Norwood from EpiServer. Welcome back. Thanks for having me, Kim. Glad to be here. And one thing I wanted to kick off with is uh, a change of title for you, because it's actually relevant to what we're going to be talking about. So explain how you became Chief of Staff. <laughs> yes, it's, uh, it's a strange one. Up until I got this new title, um, I actually thought that Chief of Staff was something that belonged in the military. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it sort of increasingly started to crop up in the political world. But now I think uh, you're seeing it more and more often in, in business, in enterprise. It's not uncommon for, a, for the CEO uh, to have a chief of staff right. that, that, whose role it is to um, basically take the, that chief executive's agenda and, and um, take it across the business and motivate people, align people, and make sure that it's being ensure that it's being executed on in the right way, um, which is really what I've been doing anyway for, for a long time. But one thing that is quite common about a chief of staff is they usually focus on some specific areas, and m my new focus is is really what I like to call product and pipeline. Right. You know, I've moved from being chief marketing officer, completely pipeline oriented, to now have that product side as well. But but look, there, there is a there's a bigger there's a bigger aspect to this. It's not just about me and my role and title. It's about as a company grows and scales, it's really important to develop and empower the next level of leaders in the business. And so part of my my role is is to do that. And I'm fortunate we've already been able to create two new senior vice presidents mm -hmm. in the company within my organization, um, which is great for their careers, and they'll, they'll step up to the next level and, and take the business forward. So it's, it's all part of scaling an organization. Okay, and I think the relevance to our topic today, which is a fairly broad topic, is that you are involved in both product and marketing. So you're involved in developing what clients need, fill in the gaps, in the solution, figuring out what you can do better for them, but also creating demand. And you were just saying to me before we hit record, those two things can sometimes be a little bit in tension. Yes, it's, a, it's what you could look at as a bit of a fundamental dichotomy, if you will. <laughs> you know, I do wear these two hats, and um, I think that you know, technology vendors, um, ourselves included, do a great disservice to customers and buyers. Um, you look at things like artificial intelligence right. today, and, and every, everyone jumps on the zeitgeist. It's the new bandwagon. So it, 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 I feel like technology vendors think that they can just append some cutesy name in front of their, their tech stack. Yes. You know, <laughs> Einstein, Sensei, Watson, Hana, whatever. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, they've solved the problem. And it, it's obviously a lot more complex than that. So I'm doing that myself because my job is to create demand. But at the same time, I'm now... I'm now having to make sure that those real-world benefits, the features in the product, the things that, that are going to really make a difference in people's lives are, are actually there. So it's almost like the check and the balance, and I yeah. think that's a good thing, really. Okay, let's talk about um, very much the space you're in, uh, digital marketing, content management, and, of course, e-commerce. Mm. Now, the, these are different things, but... It seems they're increasingly coming together, especially in terms of technology solutions. So can you talk a little bit about the interdependence of mm. those elements? Yeah, you know, we used to talk about um, content and commerce, but I, for me, it's, it's absolutely inseparable. Uh, if, if you're someone that's involved in digital commerce, then content is, it just goes hand in hand. You know, a lot of folks today will 
we'll talk more in terms of experience-driven commerce right. because one of the things that we found as an organization is that people rarely go to, you know, to your website, your mobile site or whatever the first time to buy. They go to get educated. They go to find things out. So for us, they're, they're absolutely, um, you know, they're, they're, they're one in the same thing. But I think you're seeing this in terms of consolidation in the space. Um, that there'll be a lot more acquisitions. But every day there's another MarTech company that crops up, so there'll be lots and lots of innovation. But yes, there's a lot of vendors that are looking to piece things together as they seek to find a platform that's going to work well for a business across the board. Not just the CMO necessarily, but the broader digital business platform. And that's, um, that's what's been happening is it, it began with these marketing clouds mm -hmm. and then uh, it's very quickly starting to encompass the commerce and moving into the customer loyalty and customer service. So the CIO and the CMO, are, are they were sort of, they separated for a while and the budget started to get split. Now I think the companies that are really being successful is where the CIO, CMO or chief digital officer and CIO partnership is, is stronger than it's ever been right. because it's a business consideration now and, and that's reflected in, in the market. And we're, we're certainly seeing, as you say, this consolidation, this integration of the different uh, key parts of being able to provide a customer experience. Um, the content management, the marketing automation. I mean, it's easy to list big companies in the space who have been putting all that together. Right. Now, the other kind of direction in which some have gone is to say, you don't need it all in one place. What you do is you pick out your best right. best of breed point solutions. And that pendulum, pendulum just seems to swing back and forth. I mean, which right. way is it swinging now? Right. Well, back and forth is the answer. <laughs> so there is no right or yeah. wrong. I, I, I certainly don't believe that. I, I believe that for a marketer to move faster and get their work done, having, having a set of tools together is, is a good thing. Uh, if, if, it, if it does that, um, what, what we find more often than not, which is a constant um, challenge for us in our business is that when we speak to customers, they're only using 20 to 30 percent of any of the tools they've they've gone out and and uh, and acquired. So if you can if you can pull together those 20 or 30 percent into a platform, you have a very powerful tool. But at some point, you're going to adopt more and you're going to grow bigger where a point solution may come back into play again. So I think you start in your SMB, small to medium-sized businesses, lots of point solutions. Yeah. You get up to a sort of mid-sized company and you look more at a platform. And then as you go into the enterprise, you start to reintroduce best of breed. So I, I, I don't think it's something that will resolve itself. Um, it's, it's just it's horses for courses. Right. Constant learning and evolution and what works for the business yeah, absolutely. now. I remember you saying to me in the past, and uh, let me see if you'd still say the same thing, that Episerver doesn't set out to do everything. Right. Uh, in other words, I mean, there are very few offerings out there from vendors which really are soup right. to nuts. So, uh, yeah. you would you still say the same thing? Uh, absolutely. No, no change in that. We, we had a very clear vision uh, of what our platform would be um, and, and what it would incorporate. and. We've, we've completed that. Obviously, it's maturing, it's developing, but it's, it goes as far as we, we believe it probably should at this point. There's always opportunities to, to, to maybe add a little bit more, but I, I, I think there are some core fundamentals that, that should be in a platform, and then, there, and then there are other things that, yes, you should go out and test, and you should go out and find the latest piece of innovation. 
anything that's really good is going to end up back in that platform at some point anyway. Things like A-B testing, you know, right. it began as a series of separate tools. Many of them are still out there. But a lot of products now just have A-B in the very fabric of them. The same thing will happen with the recent rise of chatbots yes. in the marketing world, which have been super effective. Um, but at the same time, um, a company, a marketing department that's going to pay 30000 a year now for an intelligent chatbot is going to get that within their software for free probably a year or two from now. So I think it's, again, it's part of that, it's part of that ongoing evolution. And I guess that applies to AI as well. You mentioned it earlier. Uh, whether or not it has a fancy name for marketing purposes, people are increasingly going to be expecting at least some kind of machine learning to be built into their systems, right. especially if those systems are going to be dealing with customer data on any kind of scale. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, let's talk about machine learning algorithms, because that's a little, that's a little <laughs> bit less um, ethereal as, 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 as AI. Yeah. But yes, absolutely, you are going to have to deliver a series of algorithms, because marketers today, that it's no different to what it was a couple of years ago, absolutely overburdened by the demands of the business and overstretched in what they have to get done. An algorithm can make their life easier. It's, it's as simple as that, and they're very easy to prove out. I give a prime example. An algorithm that's able to look at digital assets that you pull into your, into your content management system and automatically tag them for you yes. with metadata so that then you, it, you're going to place the right stuff on the hero banner or whatever when someone comes in. To manually do that is a lot of work. And I'll, let the algorithm do it and, and focus on the more strategic stuff. So yes, Right now, you're paying a premium for that, but in time, that, that's just going to be part and parcel of, of the platform again. Okay, and talking about the way things have changed in digital marketing, so let me throw this one at you kind of out of left field. Does it make much difference to the challenges to marketers that so much marketing now is, is served on mobile and is is focused on video and imagery rather than mm -hmm. text. That's kind of a huge change which has happened almost without us noticing. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I've certainly noticed I'm sure it, you've noticed it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, responsible for some of it. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, no, ab absolutely it has. And, and I don't think and it, it's going, going to continue in, in that route. And, um, you know, you look at some of, um, I was listening to Mark Zuckerberg this morning, uh, and he was talking more about the, how um, Instagram is taking a, a more of a centrist stage yep. for, for Facebook moving forward. And, and that is obviously very much about uh, imagery and video. And, you know, look at what a lot of our customers are doing. It's all shoppable media. You, you're not going to a website anymore. You're going straight from your mobile device to user-generated content to the purchase. Right. Uh, so absolutely, I, I think that's uh, that's the way it's going. So technology has to be clever in how it, it understands and uses things like video uh, and and uh, you know uh, artificial you know technologies of, uh, that that are going to have to work with that as well. So I, th I think yeah, it's it's going to go that way. And um, it's, it's the very nature of marketing. It moves fast, and yep. you, you, you have to think mobile first. You, know, you, go back, you go back a few years, it was all about responsive design. So you would build a website that would respond well on mobile. Now mm. people are sort of bypassing that altogether and building progressive web applications and going straight through the back door and bypassing the whole delivery layer for getting the website and, sure. and saying, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm building from this experience. You don't even need an SDK. You can you can just turn out a really nice application and go straight through the, 
REST API into, into the back end of your content. So uh, definitely that's, that's the way it's going to go. Well, and of course, one of the things about mobile is you have very limited real estate on which to, I guess, express your brand identity. Mm. Is it, you know, um, the average consumer, <laughs> they're looking to buy something, they might click on Amazon, they might click on some other big purveyor, they might go to the brand on their phone. Is it difficult to develop that customer experience, that branded experience, the brand affinity, when you're really serving people up things on such a, a, a tiny screen, there's so much competition out there? Well, one would think so, but I, I really do believe that most, certainly most retailers today are thinking mobile first. I mean, you, you go to the, we're both from over the, over the sea. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you go back to the UK and you're on the tube and you're crammed in there and it's amazing how many people are buying things on their mobile devices while they're, while they're in there. Uh, so it, I absolutely do believe that the experience you're getting in mobile is, is very rich. It's mm -hmm. going to get better. It's going to get clever. Uh, you know, again, virtual reality, all, all these things that you can, you can add into that virtual assistants, which are now very, very powerful compared to five years back where it, it wasn't really a working technology. So natural language processing has advanced yes. exponentially. So yes, I think the mobile experience is, is the way to go. The form factor, anytime you catch a flight, you know, and so people are watching shows on these <laughs> kind of things. They're like, how can you manage that? Uh, We've yeah. become very, very well attuned now to a much smaller um, screen to to what to what we uh, prepared to consume. So I read the I read the London Times every day on my I, on my iPhone. I so. read books on my phone, <laughs> so we're very adaptable. Yes. So let's just turn the page and look ahead because we're not quite there yet. We're almost at that time of year where we start thinking about 2019 predictions of 2019. And I know you've been thinking about what marketers need to do or need to consider doing in 2019. Give us some ideas. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, yeah. There's a couple of things that I've been noodling on, uh, which I may blog about at at some point. But uh, before we leave the whole AI uh, mm. thing behind, I, I'd say you know I'd say to marketers now, if you're not doing it, get started. Whether it's a small project or not, there's nothing to fear other than what <laughs> vendors are, are creating. Um, get started because if you're not, others are already doing it and uh, you're at a disadvantage. So there's a lot of benefits to be had from that. So a AI is a must. Um, I think at the same time, the opposite side to that is you can't just throw technology at a problem and think it's going to work. It's really, really important as you look at the digitalization of your business and investing more in, in digital marketing that, that you have the right skill sets in-house. It's the digital maturity of um, many organizations is not where it needs to be. So don't be afraid to go and hire strong data-driven, digital savvy folk and let them have at it. Um, that that's really important. Let them try, let them fail, and and see where they can go. Uh, so that would be my, my my second thing. And my third thing, which is kind of a counter to the last one, is <laughs> um, don't lose sight of technical debt. Right. Because in many organisations today, what sits behind the website or the mobile site or the social experience is a is a myriad of best of breed solutions which have been bought over a period of time, loosely coupled or or poorly integrated <laughs> together. Yes different user experiences um, adopted at different levels and that uh, over time stops the business from moving fast and and reacting in the right way and I we're in the same we're in the same boat. my own marketing department I turn my back for five minutes and they've <laughs> gone out and acquired a new you know yeah. uh, chatbot 
and the first time I see it is when I go up onto the website and it's OPEX, it's easy for them to get it through and, and put it to work and I, I promoted that but at the same time you reach a point where that starts to work against you so uh, address your technical debt, look hard at what you're paying for and how you're using each solution and say what here could we potentially do without yeah. or what maybe is in a platform that could do if we're only using 10% of this, maybe what we've got in our marketing platform as a whole can help with that. So those would be my three things. Get started on AI, um, upskill your folks. If you want to upskill, you, if you want to deliver a better customer experience, you need digital savvy folks. Um, but keep an eye on, keep an eye on the technical, uh, the, <laughs> keep the technical debt in the background. What you've got in your cupboard. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, James, great insights. Always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks again, Kim.